far and possibly unofficially the first and only podcast recording of this show that we just decided to do which is called the The experts Experts. (laughs) (laughs) my name is irene marquette my name is aggie hewitt we are longtime friends first time callers (laughs) (laughs) and we're here today to talk to you about a book that we have read uh the book is called Big Beautiful Doll. Great Big Beautiful Doll. Excuse me. And it was written by a couple called Eric, Eric and, and Diva Redding. D apostrophe E V A. How did you pronounce that in your head? Deva. Deva. I heard Diva. I heard Deva and also Deva. Deva. <laughs> um, Eric and. Choose Your Own Adventure, are a married couple um, based in Texas, and uh, they have written a biography of sorts about Anna Nicole Smith. It's part biography, part... Commentary? Commentary, part public airing of grievances, part (laughs) transcriptions of legal documents and Houston Chronicle articles. And also an entire chapter of jokes from Jay Leno about her marriage. <laughs> two, there's two. First, there was the Letterman. There's three and a half pages of Letterman jokes, three and a half pages of Leno jokes, and then about a page and a half of The Daily Show. I imagine that had to be Eric, like he, panicking. <laughs> well, I think he, it was part panic, part creative choice. Okay. I think that that's something that he probably really believed in. And if huh. I were to hazard a guess, I bet he is a avid consumer of late night talk shows. Well, clearly. And I think he was also extremely desperate for source material because... <laughs> yeah, it was thin. He, about halfway through the book... Um, loses contact with Anna Nicole Smith, (laughs) never to hear from her again. And he has to sort of fill in the blanks about everything else that happened in her life, which he does mostly through like tabloids, E, I guess apparently the late night shows, all the late night shows, and just like any other source he can get his hands on. Yeah. If it was available to you, a common public citizen, it ended up in this book. Yeah, if it's a matter of public record, he published it verbatim because that's how he writes books. So I feel like we should back up a little bit yeah. and talk about how Eric and Deva Redding <laughs> came to be a part of Anna Nicole Smith's life. And at this time, she was known as Vicky Lynn Smith, Smith. formerly Vicky mm. Lynn Hogan, formerly oh. Robin 
Well, Robin was like a nickname, Her, right? like, stripper name. Kind. I think it was, but wasn't her a stripper name before she was even a stripper? Like, in high school? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. But we know her as Anna Nicole. Yeah. And she came to them to be photographed. Yeah. I'm still sort of unclear on how they... I know she wanted to be photographed and she was dancing in the quote-unquote titty bars of Houston. That's <laughs> I highlighted they, that well, comment you, as well. <laughs> your highlighter ink must have run dry because they repeat <laughs> that phrase over and over again. Um, Here's what I think that these two did. I think there are a couple of like real low-level pornographers. Very low-level. Who fancy themselves um, like professional artistes. Yeah, when I'm sure it's kind of more like the guy like tricked his wife into doing it to like help him with his weird sexual perversions. A hundred percent. And they uh, run ads in like the back of magazines that you find at truck stops. Sure. And it's like, uh, be in Playboy, live a life of like fame and riches. Yes. And come to our studio, take out like fully nude, no makeup. And then they take Ugh. Polaroids and then they send the Polaroids to Playboy. To see if anything will happen. Because why else would they possibly have done that? That was basically their only job they ever had with her. And then they call themselves her managers. Her managers. Um, but yeah, that's the most of the contact. They never did any pictures with her that, um, got her that were published only that they sent to get her other jobs. No, they did not capture that Marilyn Monroe in like the red velvet. It's literally chocolates. Like if you can put, if you can take a picture of anything, you could have taken this picture. Like if you can take a picture of like your, your paycheck for like chase quick pay, you could have taken this picture. It is the human equivalent of like people taking a photograph too close to their food. Yes, exactly. With a flash on and it looks like utter garbage. Yeah. It's like. The only thing about it is you can tell from the picture that Anna Nicole Smith has a really good body, which you can't hide that fact from anybody anyway. In fact, uh, I would actually like to read a passage from the book from when um, uh, Eric first uh, took this picture. Um, Oh, God. Diva and I were eyewitnesses to that bizarre passage. We met Anna in 1991 and contributed to her early successes. I took the Polaroids that led to her Playboy centerfold. I mean, what does that mean? Diva, he goes on. (laughs) Diva held her hand, assuring her she didn't have to be frightened about showing that remarkable body of hers. I watched as my talented wife, a hair and makeup stylist, transformed an unsophisticated girl into a glittering jewel right there in the studio. Rude. I was the lucky guy who got to tell Anna her dreams were about to come true after getting a call from Playboy Enterprises. You know what that last part reminds me of? Have you seen that YouTube video of the guy who surprises his wife by telling her she's pregnant? (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about, and it sent a cold shiver down my spine. Like, I'm just so happy that I get to tell you that you're going to be happy about something that has nothing to do with me, but I'm somehow making myself the star of this story where like one party is Playboy, one party is Anna Nicole Smith, and he is like less than a telephone. He is less than a telephone. Yes. I mean, (laughs) I have to say that at times 
I felt ill reading. <laughs> it was truly disgusting. And I was so deeply offended. It's really hard to read a book like this in 2019. Yeah. I mean, almost nothing has aged well, even from like 2014. Yes. And there's been such a reconsideration of all of these women um, who were so like maligned in the 90s. Yes. And I feel like Anna Nicole is part of that like she's graduating like class. Yeah. She's like the disgraced prom, prom queen of that. Uh, like <laughs> Of like the 90s. Yes, yeah. exactly. And uh, I feel like nobody really wants to... Even then, I mean, th- this book. Okay, so it was originally written in 1996. Yeah, I yeah. And then they re uh, they did like an updated version in 2007, and they published it at like a really unfortunate time because it was like the like two weeks between the time that her son died and she died. Yes, because she died. Very soon after her son. She did. And uh, her daughter was born. Her son died like a couple of days later. Yeah. Her psychotic, creepy lawyer, Howard Howard K. Stern, married her. Which wasn't even a real wedding, which I guess I must have known. It wasn't like legally binding? It was not a legally binding. It was a spiritual ceremony only. Oh. Yeah. But he still got custody of the daughter and claimed that it was his. She was his, excuse me. Um, and Larry Brickhead. Brickhead. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just kicked my dog. Um, had to sue for custody. Which he got. And he's doing a great job raising Yeah. Sorry Danny Lynn. Jumping around so much. But they met at the Derby. They did. I, yeah. They met at the Derby. He was a photographer. I had no idea. Me neither. Because now they go every year. Um, should we give a timeline of Anna Nicole's life as we understand it based on reading this book, Great Big Beautiful Doll, yeah. and the other casual research that we've done on our own? Yeah. Okay. Anna Nicole was Is born. Born. 1967, I believe. And she's born to uh, Virgie. Virgie. Who is a deputy sheriff. Yeah. Which is cool. It is pretty cool. But did you catch that detail in the book that Anna Nicole believed that her aunt was her real mother? Yes, but I kind of believed what the family said, which was that that was completely untrue. And she just sort of... Well, it was kind of a horrible story that she found out that her father raped her aunt. Yes. And that's kind of where she got that idea. But um, the family still insists that it's not true. Did you catch the photograph in the book of her Aunt Kay with the tattoo that Anna Nicole made her get? Yes. And it said, like, my baby or something? Something like this. I do not. I don't know. uh, Weird. Oh, it's weird. But... That's not the only person that Anna Nicole Smith made get a tattoo of her. Right. Her assistant slash lover, Kimmy, from the Anna Nicole Smith show. Had a tattoo of her. Yeah. Yes. That, for just... all I know, said something very similar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oy, Okay. So she's, uh, she's born in the late 60s, and uh, she like goes to high school. In Mexia? Is it Mejia? Mejia, probably. Yeah, yeah. It's M-E-X-I-A. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, your way sounds right. 
And she only, she lived there for a few years. Like they make this case in the book, like Eric and Diva Redding are like, basically paint her as a, a girl without a hometown. Like, like really? that's where she went to high school. So that's what she put on her Playboy questionnaire. So that's like why it's tied to her. But she only lived there for like four years. Her family kind of like bounced around oh, from really? like trailer but parks. Wasn't the, um, wasn't the chicken place where she worked also there? I think it was because she went to high school there, but then yeah. she moved to Houston. She moved to Houston, but the chicken place was there, I think. Yes, because she dropped out of high she school. She didn't graduate. No. Right. Um, her high school photo was pretty. I thought it was pretty, too, and very natural, different. Yeah, I like that um, heart haircut she had. Yeah. That, like, rockin' Tom Petty girl boy. That's her whole thing. She has a real heart-shaped face. She does. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Embracing the whole, like, Marilyn Monroe aesthetic, like... Okay, we're getting ahead of our... So she okay. she doesn't graduate from high school. She uh, goes to work in this fried chicken place. Yeah. Falls in love with this cook. Yeah, and she said that she wasn't even in love with him. She was just... He wouldn't pay attention to her, so she just went so crazy and married him. Yes, and uh, Eric, um, the author of the book, like claims that he had some sort of um, mental deficiency, which they also claim about her father. They said that about a lot of people, and they also said that the only uh, job in the town that the job that employed most people was the institute or something, or the hospital for um, for adults with like mental deficiencies. Um, her, is it her brother Donald's that they, uh, they said, uh, they use the R word a lot in this They use book. it so much. We're both just like tripping over ourselves to like <laughs> not say it because they say it so much. And so we're like, it's just true. like being thesauruses in our head. Yes. Uh, but they say guess, that he's in Huntsville prison for kidnapping. There's like all these weird little details and you just truly get a sense of what a hellscape her life must have been like. I mean, it, 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 she had that thing about how like her mother handcuffed her in her room because yeah. she was like sneaking out and stuff. Yeah. It just seems so fucked up. Like whatever the truth of it is, like yeah. if her aunt is her mom, like it just seems like there's so much. There's so much baggage going on. Like there trauma. are trauma, lies, secrets, De- obviously a lot of mistrust. I mean, yeah. just it seems like a really complicated childhood. Yeah. And you just think about like what options there were for anybody to get out of like, not even a town like that, but a headspace like that. Like that's something I was thinking about if she's okay. She's not from this like Mejia or whatever this town is. If that's like a place that she lived like, and she's not really from anywhere. This idea of her being some, I don't know. She's just like um, what what she's trapped in is bigger than any any town. Yeah, I mean, it has no. I mean, the fact that they live in a small town is not her problem. Her problem is that her family is obviously deeply crazy, and like, if she thinks her dad raped her aunt, and she would know that, or whatever is going on, her. I mean, her there's obviously just a lot of trauma going on in the house, in the family. 
Yeah, and this is not exactly like a sympathetic portrayal or even like an empathetic like it's, retelling of her life. Like it is just it's cruel and mocking. Yeah, it's so it it was really infuriating and and uh, fucked up to read. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. So she has a baby with this guy, sure. and they get married after the baby's born. I don't know. I guess I think I don't know. Did they say after? I uh, guess I get. I don't know. But she ends up taking his last name and like Smith. Be, yeah. Right. Okay. And then like becomes a stripper. Yeah. And she was like, sort of not. I think. Yeah, super into the marriage. I don't think at any point, like she kind of immediately started to like outgrow him and she had more ambitions than him. But she, the one thing was like, she really loved her son. Um, and she ended up leaving him, right? Yes. And uh, driving up to, like she just like took the baby and like, Went to Houston. Went to Houston. But I think also she was like staying with her mom too. Cause she said, there are a lot of quotes from her in the book where she's during this time talking about her mom helping her, her staying with her mom. Yeah. So maybe she was going back and forth. I mean, in the book they made it seem like she went to Houston and that was it, but it, it was kind of, it's kind of a not super well-written book. No. And it's like, I, I'm sure they did zero fact checking and yeah. like, but the, you, you get the sense that she was a hardcore party girl from like really early on mm-hmm. and was making money any way that she could. Any way she could. And so the way the, the picture of Houston that they paint is filled with these bars that they call titty bars. And <laughs> I, I mean, I guess this is a strip club. It sounds like what Al Bundy calls a strip club. <laughs> or, um, but they're basically like gentlemen's club that are like topless and like businessmen go to them and have meetings or something. I don't know why business people would go to a strip club together, but apparently it happens or Yeah, happened. I feel like there's a grand tradition. But like I feel like the early 90s in Texas, like the, I, I feel like um, strip club club like strip clubs as the thing became high profile in like the late nineties with like really high end places yeah. in New York city. Like you, like 10 years earlier text. Like I don't, I feel like those it's like sleazy. Everything is like kind of sleazy. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. Everything just feels like you are about to get a, have a heart attack. Like <laughs> you are a middle-aged man, you only eat red meat and drink brown liquors and then like bake in the sun because it's Houston and you're wearing so many clothes and you are selling oil, which is like also giving you a heart attack. (laughs) And it's just, it just feels like hot and dry and dehydrated and sick. Totally sick. Um, So she got breast implants. Right. Because she was, uh, so they have a range like there are the shitty titty bars and then there are like the super high profile fancy titty bars and they would be like, like at one point 
They were like, I mean, Playboy only took girls from really great institutions. They went to the um, <laughs> Ivy League and then also girls that worked in high class places like Rick's. Like as if you would be like, oh, like you worked. You, they went to Harvard and Rick's for like the cream of the crop. Like what the <laughs> fuck is Rick's? Like why should I know what Rick's is? Um, but if you I, were a man, you would know, Aggie. It's a, oh yeah, all men know that famous, what I'm assuming is a titty bar in Houston because those are the only places that they know. Um, So anyway, she was working sort of in the mid-level ones um, and all the while saving up for the breast implants because she knew that she was really, really pretty, but the one thing that was holding her back was she didn't have, she says she didn't have big boobs. What that means, I'm not sure. She says they were like A cups or something, which is like so disgusting that we're even talking about that or I am talking, choosing to talk about it. <laughs> but what she ended up getting was, I mean, exaggerated. Yes. It, it was like, I mean, I'm not trying to body shame, but unnatural. Well, yeah, like her whole thing, like she's, she's like five foot 11. Yeah. She like, her, she made her hair so blonde. Like it is... Um, the idea of like a Marilyn Monroe as it like it's like a super Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's yeah, like the super size version of that. Like it is um, exactly in line with where culture was at that time. Yeah, and like where culture continues to go, and it's just so weird that like it's bec- like. Because I was thinking about what it means to be like Marilyn Monroe and I wrote something incredibly pretentious. I'm remembering where they said like she would never become the next Marilyn Monroe or something. And I just wrote, no one is allowed to become Marilyn Monroe anymore because we have this idea of like this like super sexual woman. And then like fast forward in that case, like 40 years and it was Anna Nicole Smith who was just, like I said, like a cartoonish hyper-sexualized, hyper-drug-addicted, like, completely, like, disrespected celebrity. And I don't know. I feel like that idea of, like, a pinup has just been continuously, like, has just, like, is just been dragged completely through the mud. Yeah, well, it's, like, that idea, like, times pornography, like, times... And there was, like, an anger in the 90s at women like that, like, and the 2000s. I mean, like, we don't... We wouldn't stand for any media outlet treating women the way that they were treated in, like, the late 90s and early 2000s. No, but it was, like, so mainstream. It was so mainstream that they were literally taking pictures of women's skirts, posting pictures of women's vaginas. It's, like, Like, it, it is, like, a perversion of moralism. Like, there's, like, they're getting off on shaming women in this really sexualized way. Yes. And forcing them into a position where, like, that is the way that they can express themselves. Yeah. Because when I think about Marilyn Monroe, I think about, I see her, and it's like, she is somebody who, like, she was success at all costs. And it's like, you, it's like the willingness to break down your personality and, like, remold yourself and become the thing that the world needs you to be so that everybody can love you so that you can endure and like, and it worked. Like she did that. Like she came from the most 
like humble, awful, fucked up beginnings. And her image is known by everybody all over the world. It is like, it is, it is taking what is traditionally feminine as like the ultimate survival tool and exploiting it. Well, that's how we see her now, but I feel like her contemporaries saw her as a sex object and but they totally treated there was just no possible way that a woman even could be treated in the way that like later women were treated i mean it's just impossible and we remember um marilyn monroe i mean it's Marilyn Monroe was like an idol for so many little girls, teenage girls. They have Marilyn Monroe quotes and yeah. When they get older, it's Edie Sedgwick and it's the same thing. It's like, it's, it's like, it's breaking down a woman like past her personality to something that is like a commodity. Yeah. Exploitable, fuckable. Like, and I feel like Anna Nicole Smith is, um, it's it's like the it's dis, that just distilled down and it's like hyper concentrated everything's so blown out like you said the male rage yeah i mean like and what they did is like they completely took they like punished that figure like they punished the idea of like a sex symbol who's also a role model it's so primal it's, it's so, so horrible gross. it's like the back to the most fucking we're around a fire and it happened more recent i mean it, this happened in our lifetimes yeah that like we saw women being treated like this in the media it's kind of insane it's insane it's totally insane. And in the book, like he keeps making fun of how stupid she is, that she's like basically illiterate, that she's like, I mean, relentlessly. Yeah. And I'm telling you, these people are not geniuses. There are numerous. This is a fucking glass house situation. Typos. I mean, just reading it, it's like mortifying. I want to fight him. I I wanted to fight him. To invite him. So bad. To fight for real. Physically fight. I want to physically fight. And we would win too because. We're two against one and I, you know, we're in our thirties and he's got to be at least in his seventies. Oh my God. And you know that he has not taken care of himself. No. Oh my God. I don't even want to see a picture of him. I know what he looks like. I know what he looks like too. There's a picture of him in the book with Anna. I they, blocked it out. I good. hate him so much. Because they are just so... The, they're also like... They're pigs. They're fucking... I wrote the word pigs so many times <laughs> on this goddamn phone. I mean, I called everyone a pigs. I was just scrolling through and later when they were talking about his the lawsuits with the sons, I wrote, they're just a bunch of pigs rolling around in their each other's shit. They like, are. Diva, if you're out there and you need help, reach out. Diva, are you okay? Or Diva or... Deva, whatever your name is, we feel sorry for you because your husband is a fucking dick. I'm so sorry, Deva. I'm sorry that was rude. Um. Anyway, I do feel guilty that I just said that her husband was a dick. I don't feel guilty, and I don't feel bad that I challenged him to a physical fight. Because they, they also are constantly sort of saying that she's ugly. I mean, they're like they're, they're saying that she's ugly, and they're saying that she's fat. The whole thing she's is fat. like I mean, she's not a that dumb she's... fat whore. This yes. is a, this is a dumb, just a stupid fat whore who got exactly what was coming to her, which was honestly every single thing that she wanted in all of her goals while they are basically still living off of her success. Like their brush with her is enough for them to publish a book. I am honestly mad at us that we 
bought these on Kindle. That's the thing. I wish I stole it. I wish that I did too. And I will steal every other book that I that I buy about her unless it's from a used or independent bookstore. I The next book that we're going to read, I did put on hold at the library. See, that is the thing. But I don't know how long it's going to take to come out because to get it. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll put mine on hold at the library too. Um, I just feel like uh, I'm, I'm just thinking about the whole stupid thing and like reading that questionnaire that they posted. Um, the writers, yeah. they, they ran her questionnaire. Like, you know, you know, there's always in Playboy with the centerfold so that the men can uh, really personalize their jerk off sessions when they can think of these. Yeah. <laughs> when they can be like, oh yeah, like. <laughs> I know where you're from. I'm like, oh yeah, your favorite hobby is watching scary movies. Mine too, babe. <laughs> oh, you like horses? You want to make love in every country in the world? Uh, Fascinating. Uh, I thought her answers were like amazing. Heartbreaking. Oh, yes. I thought they were great. I thought they were great too. But it was like an insight into just like her. It, it was just like her. Like she's just like yeah. hopeful and like you she, know, yeah. She liked reading, watching scary movies. She did not she like read reading. Much. She said she does. I doesn't don't read much. And then when it said like your favorite author, she, she just, just wrote crossed. like N A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and she wanted, and she what what bothered her were like losers who were trying to like take too much of her time or something. Like she was like, what do you, what do you not like? And it was something like that. Yeah, it was like, something like. And she loves cowboys. She loves cowboys. I mean, who could blame her? I love cowboys. We do love cowboys. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So in 1991, she meets um, the oil tycoon who would become her future husband. J. Howard Marshall II. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who I didn't realize had been a part of like the Koch brothers. Oh, God. I know. This was when I was writing. I mean, I truly almost spoke aloud several times reading that everything about his fucking business his goddamn relationship with the Koch brothers his he was an oil tycoon and he was a piece of fucking shit piece of shit and And you know what pieces of shit pieces of fucking shit i wish they got nothing i just whatever i wish they got nothing i wish she got everything i honestly i really i was so on her side by the end of the entire fucking time i was on her side yeah yeah. And it's like she just wanted like she just wanted them to respect that she held the position of, of wife. wife. And no one would respect Nobody this woman. Nobody would respect it. And she's carrying everybody. She is carrying all her entire Devaugh and family. Eddie or whatever their yes, names are who wrote the stupid book. Dick bags who ended up exploiting her story and writing yes, this dumbass book we assholes. paid for. $10 each. I'm out. I'm mad at us. Me too. <laughs> but I had to have it. Like, I, I had couldn't to. Wait I couldn't wait a minute. second. I know. We are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's carrying every single person on her back. Oh my God. And she just, she wanted acknowledgement of the relationship and she wanted 50% of what he earned while they were married. Which is like literally legally what she's entitled to. And I mean, it's basically like dividends. Like it's, it's, that's all it, I mean, he wasn't working. And he was pissing himself. And her son, his son wanted to confiscate all of the gifts that his which father. Which is fucking crazy. It's 
fucking evil. But this, this woman look, wants to jerk your dad off and change you're his diaper. Lucky because you he, should be thanking her. You know what? He wasn't going to fucking hang out with his dad and change his dad's diaper. No. She, he wasn't going to be spoon feeding his dad and then fucking him. She did that. She did. That is crazy. She it's deserved crazy. So Buy her much. a ranch for her fucking asshole family Give to have her Christmas on. So they can get the fucking calendars and she'll sign and them <laughs> and then get out. <laughs> and have a threesome in the jacuzzi. And then she has a threesome in the jacuzzi. <laughs> and her son is like, Santa. <laughs> oh my God, her poor son was her like poor sick. Son. So fucked up. Daniel. Oh my I God. I mean, it's hard to be on anybody's side really when you start to break it down. It's hard. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if anyone, I'm on Daniel's side. I'm on Daniel's side and, and I am on her side. Danny Lynn too. Yes, Danny Lynn, above all, because she's the, uh, she won the Game of Thrones. She won the Game Holy of Thrones. She's Bran. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Burkhead is for real the three eyed raven. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, uh, Howard K. Stern is like, he's like Cersei. <laughs> or like Ramsey Bolton. He's. <laughs> I feel like, like Peter Baelish, but yeah, stupid. And these people are the guy that ate his own kids in a pie at the red after the red wedding. Oh, yeah. That's the people who wrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you? We are. Yeah. You and I. Yeah. I like that. Me too. Um, okay. What else? Um what else? Oh, gosh. We just, like, started at the beginning of her her marriage. Okay, so here's something. Uh, another point in her favor is that uh, she met him and married him four years after she met him. And he was apparently asking her to marry him. The entire time. The entire time. But she wanted to, like, make her own way. Which, I don't... I th- Do you buy that's that? Tr- yeah, because otherwise she would have... I'm sure she could have married him earlier. Sorry, can I just make one point that I I meant to make? Just to backtrack a little bit. Before, yes. Before they got married, her dick sons or his sons had done this before. Oh, to Lady. To Lady. So J. Howard Marshall liked to go to titty bars. And when he went, he would meet these women. So he meets this lady. According to the book... She sounded incredible. She's a divorcee. She's 42 more than one child and at 42 she goes i guess i'm just gonna leave my husband and become a stripper in houston and she does yes and while she does this she meets j howard marshall the second becomes his mistress he's married uh but like his wife was in some sort of she had alzheimer's right it was like a miss havisham situation it was yes or exactly. like a like a jane or a, it, the lady in the attic yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um but so yeah she couldn't like participate in the marriage and so he's having this affair understandable situation i guess like you know that happens in situations like that yeah if we're gonna be empathetic at all to this billionaire also <laughs> i mean if we're gonna do any, i mean it's like that at least we can understand so yes. that it would happen okay so then he meets this woman lady and then he starts apparently in Houston, it's not acceptable or wasn't acceptable at the time for a man to be with his mistress at night, but you could have lunch. So they would go and have these super fancy lunches, like dressed to the nines. I think she would be wearing like a hat or I may have just imagined her always wearing like a big hat, like from designing women. (laughs) Um, And they would just sort of, they said hold court at these, Houston lunches and he would just be giving her blank checks and bought her a house and this and 
she, I guess, during that was refused to be monogamous or to even let him in her house because she wasn't allowed in his house. And she yes. said, I'm not, well, then you can't come in mine. She was awesome. And if you're married, then I won't be monogamous. So she also. She was like, that's fully Jane Eyre. Yes. Yes. Remember, she's like, I won't marry you. I must respect myself. Yes. That is like modern Jane Eyre. This is the this is another story. It I mean, story. this is an interesting person. It is. I I'm interested in her. Yeah. So she ends up um taking a lover, I guess, whatever, her like <laughs> carpenter, pool boy, this type of thing. Who knows what how much of this is true. It's from the stupid book, but anyway, she has this other guy who was like a handyman and she um when she turns 50 decides that she's going to get plastic surgery and dies under the knife. Right. Like Kanye's mother. Yes. Like Donda. Yes. Donda West. And um, she, some people are like, that's very suspicious because she's a healthy 50 year old woman. It's just kind of weird, but whatever it happened. And after this, she left money, I think, to her kids and like most of it to her kids and then this, who were minors, I think. Maybe not. I made that up. I think they might have been minors. And then like a truck or something to the boyfriend. And these fucking kids went after her. Not, not J. Howard Marshall. Maybe J. Howard Marshall was involved, but I think it was mostly these stupid sons were going after her to get every single... Get out, go after the kids to get it back. Yeah, because the the oldest son had a trust or um, had uh, like power of attorney over his father. Yeah, he had it in like the early eighties, and yeah. then he uh, and then he got it again when he started this affair. He just Ugh. like didn't want his dad. He wanted every red cent because this is a guy who's worth like five hundred million dollars. It is psychotic to haggle over a million dollars he would be ha- i mean by the end of the book they were haggling over like seriously eight million dollars when you have 500 million dollars and no it w- no her share when when like the things went her way yeah she was awarded half which is over 400 so he was worth like 900 million dollars yes no 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 there was like fine print moments when they were like haggling over Someone else getting eight. Oh, right, like right, that, right. that was like how minute that these people would get over like the amount of money. But the, yeah, she got half, but then didn't it go down to like $88 million? But she ended up getting nothing. See, she ended up getting nothing, or was that just like what they thought was going to happen? Is that no, true? No, I think that she did not end up getting anything. But it, it went up to the Supreme Court I and know. Ruth Bader Ruth Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Come on, guys. I mean, this was like the big slam dunk surprise ending. So it's she true. was. She was in court haggling whatever about like getting this fucking money. So it's truly a battle of wills and like it yes. went on for what 15 16 years 15 or, or 16 years and then the son died and when he died he left in his will that he wanted his wife to keep suing Anna Nicole Smith. Which what is fucking wrong with you? So when it went to the Supreme Court she had like lost all that trim spa weight. Yeah. She had uh she was looking really great. She was looking great. She looks really chic those pictures of she's her. She's right that's where she's wearing all black. Yes, it's her Jackie O moment. It's a very Jackie O moment. And what happened, the reason that it went to the Supreme Court was that it's supposed to be like, I guess, like a state case, but the federal court overturned the verdict of the 
state court. And it's because she declared bankruptcy because uh, she had all these lawsuits against her. Like her maid sued her for sexual harassment. There's like all that these, was a crazy story that too. Was really <laughs> there's all the, I mean, there's so many crazy, <laughs> crazy tales. Um, and it doesn't even get into. It barely gets into her reality TV. It barely years, touches the. It doesn't get it. The whole the Bahamas. Like, the third act of her bra. life is not touched. Which is like, you know, there's I mean, an opera. I mean, there has to be because the third act is tragic. Com- it it's is. the complete downfall. It is the yeah, the fall of Rome. Are, were you saying there literally is an opera, or are you just there saying liter- it is like no? There literally oh, is. An I opera. thought you were telling me it's because it you could break her life into three acts really well. Well, you could, but it is literally an opera, and it was in Europe, and uh, I think it was like met with derision. I don't know. I mm. I would love to see. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm not kidding, and you know, know I'm not. <laughs> you know I'm not either. You know I hear something like that, and I'm yeah. like googling plane fares. Though I mean, like. <laughs> The less people like it, the more I will like I, it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and like, not ironically, no, for real. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. The book. The well. Anyway, the book doesn't. Uh, the book doesn't touch on on any of that. Any of that juicy goodies. No, not really. I mean, it, yeah, it kind of ends. It ends sadly. Well, as we said, right, but right before her death. Yeah, right um, at the, um, yeah, right before. And even after her death, there's still so much stuff that happened with the paternity of the baby. Right, because that went on. I mean, that was also really sad that, like, it kept tearing her apart happened after she was already dead. These men were fighting over her baby. Yeah, it's, um, it is operatic. It's, and then uh, if you, I, I was thinking about it, like, what she was accused of doing with um, uh, her old husband, Howard K. Stern basically did to her. Like she was it, like during that time that he married her, that $400 million was like in the balance for her because yeah. she had declared bankruptcy because of all of those yeah. lawsuits. And when you declare bankruptcy and there's like a huge settlement, um, like it opens up this, like other federal thing, I think, which is why it ended up. Yeah. And then for some reason, like the Bush administration came down on her side. I don't, because yeah, they, was I, really interesting. it was kind I of complicated, but they had some sort of interest in, I, I don't know, like being, they wanted to be able, they wanted the federal government to be able to like overturn like, because it's that like, like the, um what is it like legacy tax the, like, like death tax or y- the yeah yeah like for when you're when you're giving all of your hundreds of millions of dollars to your asshole psychotic sons who are yeah. going to run the country yeah that they can but they want they I'm sure they they wanted you to be able well I don't know because wouldn't they want you to be able to do that to be on the sun side or they don't care as long as it doesn't go to taxes. Right? I have zero you know, on this. Me neither. I mean, we could talk. I want to talk about like her. I think maybe she might have been a lesbian. I think she was almost certainly a lesbian. She had so many relationships with women. I mean, she. they say in the book that she preferred women. They also said that she committed something called homosexual assault, which I was like, you would go to jail for that. I think they meant sexual assault. It's not homosexual assault if it's against a woman no, yeah it's not called a homosexual assault 
It's just I, called sexual assault. If you sexually, if you, a woman sexually assault another woman, it's just sexual assault. I think they were just saying that to like make a fine point because they were like constantly yeah. shaming her sexuality. Yes. I, well, they shame her for so much in yeah. this book. Um, but I was, I, I saw Lawrence of Arabia last weekend. Have you ever oh, seen that movie? No. Um, it's, it's actually, it's great. It's like, uh, it is the, um, Daenerys Targaryen story. Yeah. It's like this liberator, this like white liberator who goes uh, slowly Arabia. insane like over the course. Oh, really? Yeah, it's great. And then there's this whole sequence where he gets um, uh, taken captive by these Turkish soldiers. And it's like the movie's made in the early 60s, so it's very suggestive. Uh-huh. But it's it's like they're beating him, but he's making eye contact with this... Uh, the the guard who's holding him down and there's like this shadowy figure in the doorway and it's like oh this is communicating rape to me but it's like all this man huh. and all these soldiers so I googled it afterwards and like that is what it was doing and, it, and like all of these reviews of the time and depictions of uh, this event in Lawrence of Arabia's life described it as homosexual rape and I was like why are they making that distinction and I think it is to put a fine point on it yeah it's really i think it's just because there's this idea for some reason that if you get raped by a member of like the same sex as you it's like somehow like worse i guess so or like that's a worse crime. I think it's because also people have this sort of like, especially well, at like this the time, of perversion to it, and like an extra. Well, they also like they were they used to be like com- like totally afraid of the idea of homosexuality. It was like yes. something that people like when they say homophobia, like people literally were terrified of the idea to the point that they hated everybody, and they were, or maybe the other way around, whatever. But like, it it's like a very hateful book against the idea of homosexuality in general. I mean, it's they, so, it, the b- book is hateful to women. I mean, women, they talk about how they didn't, how the, the housekeeper didn't approve of her, her homosexuality, but tolerated it. But then can we know. talk about, um, there's two things I want to talk about. Okay. First of all, uh, the fat shaming nonstop. They, the way that they talk about her body is, Unbelievable. Yeah, it's so gross. I mean, they act as if she were the least, the fattest woman in the world, and that made her disgusting. And there are parts, there are pictures of her. Yes. Where they talk about um, her enormous battle of the bulge. Yes. and, And they show these pictures of like a fit, healthy, normal looking woman. She, way before she put on weight, Way before any of the drugs and it started really taking a toll. I mean, I don't know where they came up with it. No, she looks perfect. She looks perfect. She's just, she's not a stick. She's not like, she does not look like Kate Moss, which they continuously say. And no, she does, like, she has a different type of body. Second thing I want to talk about is um, the security cameras at the Playboy Mansion. Oh, yes. This was fucked up. This was fucked up i would like to i i wish that i had taken the time to verify this one way or another i guarantee it didn't happen verified by me 
<laughs> okay, to summarize this episode in the book, um, Anna Nicole has been chosen to come to Los Angeles and stay at the Playboy Mansion and shoot her cover. So she went from like nobody dancing in titty bars, single mom, to um, living in the Playboy Mansion and taking uh, cover photos. And when she got to the mansion, she for some reason chose to call up Eric and Diva Redding, Diva, and <sighs> say how scared she was because she found out that the rooms w- had cameras set up in them and <sighs> she had like brought all these sex toys and she was masturbating in front of a mirror every day. Right. And they were like, she was like, am I going to get fired? And they were like, oh, she's so dumb. And sorry, I was... Going back, because I knew I took a lot of notes in this part of the book. But my the thing is that it's obvious. So, yeah, she was supposedly masturbating in front of a mirror for two hours using every dildo in the world. And <laughs> she calls them panicking. And the thing is, she was 100% like, either this didn't happen or she was just fucking with them. Like, she was trying to probably like manipulate that in some them in some way sex if she called them and said this she knew what she was doing she was probably like she wasn't really scared because you wouldn't like masturbate in front of a mirror performatively for two hours every day for a week and then call someone and pretend to be upset and ask the very specific question of are there cameras and the answer is yes like she would have known she knew she wasn't scared as my only point she was having fun i think if it happened at all do you can i read the portion of the book yes okay that evening a panicky vicky at this point in the book they're calling her vicky got through uh from a payphone at the playboy studios did eric know were there cameras when eric can whoops when eric confirmed that there were she gasped and then was silent after waiting a long time it felt like several minutes Vicky, uh, Eric asked what was going on. It seems Vicky had packed some toys in her matching set of luggage to keep her amused. Sex toys. To keep her while, to help her while away those long, lonely hours at oh night. God. You mean you're, you. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let me, I need to give this the respect it deserves. Thank you. <clears throat> you mean you masturbated? Eric <laughs> asked. Well, that's no big deal. I'm sure they couldn't see anything with the lights off. Completely natural response. (laughs) Fuck you, Eric. I hope you... No, she said. You don't understand. The lights were on. I was um, at the mirror. What? I mean... This he is masturbating to the story as he writes He's it. Writing this as he jerks it. Yes. And Diva is like sucking him off. And she's just crying. <laughs> uh Vicky says, I was there for like maybe two hours. <laughs> she said, near tears. He gets off on it. Yeah. All the lights were on and everything, Eric. I used all my stuff. All my stuff. And he goes, stuff? And she says, you know, like um, dildos and shit. <laughs> Which I do hope she did say that. <laughs> this show had evidently gone on every night for six nights. She hadn't thought a thing about it. It was her way of relieving stress until one of the other girls mentioned the cameras. 
Eric tried his best to calm her. This is like she needed him. If there were Razzie Awards for books. Oh, my God. Like there is no justice that these people get to like live their normal lives. And yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And just not be shamed in the street constantly that they get to walk around being like, oh, I wrote a book. I'm an author. When it's like. God. Is this self-published? It's self fucking <laughs> It has to be self-published. I don't think so because I feel like this was like out in grocery stores. But there are like just complete like things are just spelled wrong in it. Like words are missing. It's crazy. It is crazy. I it's don't... not a well-written book, you guys. No. I mean again, it's 1996, so I mean, that doesn't mean anything. I just found one note where I just wrote, great sentence, moron. <laughs> <laughs> and here's one where I just wrote, what's the difference between an electric dildo and a vibrator? Please educate me, oh, wise ones. Because they were just listing all the things that she had in her I... sex kit. Maybe there is a difference. I don't know what it is. Did you know that Mary Heron directed a movie like an Anna Nicole Smith movie with like Martin Landau for Lifetime? No. You know she did the um American Psycho movie. Um what No, I didn't know that. What's it called? Uh please hold. Sure. It's called Anna Nicole. Huh, I had no Here who we plays go. Anna Nicole. Um some babe. Look, here's the picture. From the clown. Here's a still. She's, uh, yeah. Wow. Mary Heron offers a warped take on the typical Hollywood tragedy format in Lifetime's Anna Nicole. Ooh, I wish I'd seen that. Yeah. She was 39 when she died. Can you freaking believe it? No, I can't. Is that Martin Landau? I mean, she still looked good, but she just did so much. And Virginia Madsen plays her mother. Huh. I mean, I mean that seems like it would be good casting. Although I don't really know what her mother looked like, but I she has passed away. Yeah, yeah, deputy sheriff. <sighs> That's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. It is cool. I mean, because her dad, I don't think did anything. No, I think her dad was probably a piece of shit too. Yeah, I'm sure he was a huge piece of shit because every other man in her life was. I would like to um, make some which. W- wishes for mm-hmm. Danny Lynn. Sure. I wish for Danny Lynn to not feel obligated to pursue a public life. I would wish for Danny Lynn to Never be in an abusive relationship. That's a beautiful wish. Thank you. I have nothing to add. Moment of silence for Danny Lynn. Yes, a moment of joyful and hopeful joyful silence. Joyful and hopeful silence. Yes. Well, Danny Lynn, I just, th- here's the, uh, here's something. We kind of talked about this the other day, and I would really like for us to say this um, out loud or talk about this idea that, like, as a person as like a contributing member of the world as a parent, I feel like the ultimate goal or like the measure of success is 
leaving things better than you found it. Like to give your children a better life than the one that you had to like. Yeah. That's what we're saying last week. Yeah. Like that Anna Nicole Smith wanted nothing more than to be successful, to not have to worry about money. Yes. And to be accepted by mainstream society. And to get out of the shithole that she was from and to like put her mark on the world. Yes. And she got to the point where she replaced herself. She has this beautiful daughter who goes to the Kentucky Derby every year. Her father loves her. She's beautiful. She is financially stable. And she is she is in a better place than Anna Nicole Smith was at her age. Oh my God. Like it's a world apart. And And what she did, I mean, yeah, like what, like you were saying, like she left her daughter in a better place than she was. And she got her kid. Not a lot of people of her generation or of our parents' generation can say that their kids did better than they did. But Anna Nicole Smith can say that. Yeah. And that's a fucking real success a real like tangible success yeah and her daughter is not going to have to do anything because she has to she's not going to be forced to do anything she's not going to be forced to work in a fried chicken shack she's not going to be forced to have sex have for a money. baby yeah have a baby at a young age have a baby to have a friend she said that anna nicole said that she, if she had a baby, she'd never be lonely. Yeah, which is like, my God. And that poor kid, poor, poor Daniel. Daniel. I know. I wish that uh, he had a chance to tell his story. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I guess. I, mean, <laughs> I think that was a pretty good review of this book about Anna Nicole so Smith. Too. There I, are several. There are several. Uh, there's one more that I would like to read. It's um, about the. Uh, the circumstances surrounding her death. Yeah, because there are questions. And also, this book, whatever um, it's worth, was written before she died, and it doesn't touch on her death at all. So yeah, we still have more to Nor are about. they concerned about her as a human being. They don't care anyway. No. So it doesn't matter. Eric and your captor, your captive um, <laughs> bride. makeup artist bride, Diva, <laughs> Deva, whatever. I hope you both find peace. Good luck, guys, if you're still with us, which I'm not sure. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, thank you for listening. And see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Just the experts, baby. We're with.